Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I am your host, Andrew Ledman. Brian Bonaparte. And we're here to talk Purdue football against Fresno State. And we're going to start our series uh, looking at the 2023-2024 basketball roster. Uh, We're going to go through uh, and do a little bit on each player and kind of what we think they can improve upon for next season. And we're going to go kind of from oldest player to youngest player. So we're going to start out today with Zach Eady. So we're going to look at Fresno State, and we're going to look at Zach Eady today. So that's not like a plan with you, Ryan? Uh, Yep, absolutely. All right, so I think we're going to go basketball first and then football after the break. So... uh, the big guy coming up first, um, just because he will be in his final year at Purdue, um, the Big Maple, Zach Eady himself, coming back uh, from the NBA draft and uh, you know pulling his name out on the last day, returning to Purdue for what will likely be his last year. The 7-4 man from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, coming back. And, I mean, what really can we say about Zach Eady? I mean, he's met every single challenge that's been put in front of him. He's exceeded expectations from day one. You know, he's supplanted older players and taken a starting role during his career at Purdue. And, I mean, this team next year, as much as it was his team this year, it is even going to be more so his team in 2023-2024. I mean, is is anything I've said wrong? 
No, not at all. I mean, he is the if if he had the face of a franchise for college, he is the face of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, coming back, being the National Player of the Year, consensus All-American, it is hard to come back with more hype than Zach Eady is coming back with this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you saw it with uh, some other players in recent past, but like normally you win that award, you go on to the NBA. It's not the most common thing for a player to come back, and Zach is, and the the expectations are going to be at an all-time high. But I think if anybody has the shoulders to shoulder that load, it's the seven foot four guy. Yeah, I mean, those are pretty wide shoulders, without a doubt. Um, so if, for those of you who have are not familiar with Zach Eady's work, um, in this most recent season where he, again, was National Player of the Year by every single uh, group who gives out a National Player of the Year award, uh, Consensus All-American, he played uh, in 34 games. He only missed one game. Um, yep. He played 31.7 minutes per game, which is just insane for a man of his size, especially when you consider the year before he averaged 19 minutes. Uh, so a full 12.7 minutes more per game, um, field goal percentage was 60%, uh, did not take a single three pointer. Um, free throw percentage was at 73 average 12.9 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 2.1 blocks, 0.2 steals, and 22.3 points per game. And those, uh, numbers are almost all uh, big jumps from where he was the year before. I mean, he went from 14.4 points to 22.3, 7.7 rebounds to 12.9, um, one and a half assists uh, up from 1.2, 2.1 blocks from 1.2. I mean, overall, just an incredible improvement from a sophomore season that was very good uh, to a junior season that was history-making. For sure. And his personal fouls went down. Yeah. Yeah, which... <laughs> If you listen to some people, is a conspiracy. Um, but if you're a smart person who watches basketball, it is, in fact, not a conspiracy. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's it kind of common sense that if the guy doesn't hit you, it's not a foul. Right, right. So. It's, uh, it's, it's a weird thing to look at what he did this year and then to come onto a podcast or come onto Hammer and Rails and do – a, basically a homework assignment for him, off-season um, assignment for Zach Eady because he had such a great year, but no player is perfect. Everyone can improve. So mm -hmm. when we look at this, I think I want to break this down into two different categories. Um, what he can improve as a college player, but then what he can improve if he truly uh, wants to be drafted. Because I think the things okay. that NBA scouts want to see may be different than what Purdue truly needs him to do. Um, and I think Purdue will have to live with some of those things um, maybe that we don't necessarily need from him, but he needs to show scouts he can do. Do you agree? I Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a whole new world in the NBA, so his game is going to have to be modified if he wants to make it into that world and thrive for yeah. that matter. Yeah. So, can you think of just off off the top of your head any flaws um, that Zach Eady had this year that, and they don't have to be huge flaws, but 
things that he can work on for next year to be a better college basketball player, to be a better um, a better teammate, um, a more dominant player for Purdue. So I think the first thing that comes to mind is um, on defense, it's the lateral quickness. I yeah. mean, you saw it in the tournament game when the smaller offensive players, the smaller and quicker ones are going around him. It's it's really he's a little too big when it comes to that. So it's a matter of can he laterally move to get in the way, but at the same token, if he does that, will he foul? So he's did an excellent job with, you know, straight up one-on-one, I will defend you. I don't have to jump and lead into a foul last season, but if a player can get around him, it's pretty easy for them because he's not the quickest to turn around and make that block. True, true. Um, I, I think there's the lateral quickness aspect, and there's also both on offense and defense, really, um, continued improvement um, using the pick and roll. Um, mm-hmm. Both he needs to be able to, to find himself in the right position defensively, and Purdue probably needs to find a, a better way to run that more um, with Zach Eady in the pick and roll because it, it seemed to be very effective when they were able to find it, um, but it's not something that they truly took advantage of very often, I think. Um, looking at his season last year, I mean, 31.7 minutes. I mentioned in an earlier podcast that Painter probably is going to play him just about as much as humanly possible um, Mm -hmm. this next season. How much more do we really think he can play, though? I mean, 31.7 minutes is astounding. Um, You know, checking my math, uh, you know, you're you're an engineering guy, so 40 minutes a game, he played 31.7. That leaves Mm -hmm. approximately 8.3 minutes per game that Zach E.D. was not on the floor. I mean, how much more can we really expect him to play? Yeah, um, I think it almost comes down to a matter of how much do you rely on the backups. So I think it might be a little bit lessened this season, especially since you have a guy like Willie Berg coming in who does provide some size. So um, if Matt Painter can trust in Berg and trust in first to play the five role, I think those minutes might actually come down just due to the sheer necessity. But again, Zach showed that he wasn't, entirely fatigued it's not like he was playing you know where you're just limping down the court he was not doing that um kudos to him i mean his conditioning has had to have been brutal for him to do that especially as you mentioned almost a 12 minute jump or over a 12 minute jump from last the season before so i think I think Matt Painter's going to want to play your All-American, your National Player of the Year, your your star as much as possible, and I think it's going to be a similar role uh, like you uh, to last season, but in like the earlier games where you don't need Zach as much, where you know you're playing a no-name team and you really only need to play Zach for 20 minutes, so I think that's where he'll start. Uh, limiting that but at uh, in those games where you're slogging down conference schedule is really you know hammering on you that's when you'll start seeing Zach Eady be relied on where you know he's the best player on the court let him let him work 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's right. I, I hope, you know, they released the non-conference schedule uh, minus the Maui Invitational bracket over the uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough, I mean, it's a tough non-conference schedule. There's no two ways about it. But I do hope there are games where Edie is able to, as you said, play play 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and then find his way to the bench to allow those uh, reserves to get some uh, get some minutes, get some run, and kind of try to find their footing because you know this is this is going to be Zach Eady's last year. Um, I, granted, yes, he has the COVID year available, but the odds of that are minuscule. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, his his conditioning, as you've talked about, I mean, has just been through the roof to be able to play over 31 minutes a game at his size, not only his height, but I mean his weight and the way he plays. I mean. He is getting beat up every time he gets the ball. And to go back to your earlier point with what we saw um, in the NCAA tournament game against Fairleigh Dickinson, one thing that I I think Zach Eady needs to work on truly is uh, asserting his will against smaller teams. It's something we, we saw him struggle with during the regular season as well as obviously in the NCAA tournament. It's not fully his fault. I want to be clear on that. I mean, when you're seven foot four and you have three to four guys swarming you and trying to prevent you from scoring, they're not just, you know, standing around you with their arms up. You know, they're throwing hips into you. They're backing into you. They're hitting your arm. They're hitting your legs. They're hitting your hips. They're throwing you completely off balance. And it goes back to the problem that we talked about all year. The NCAA and the Big Ten really truly have no idea how to officiate a guy Zach Eadie's size because if they truly were to call it how they do against every other player, there would be a foul against uh, uh, being called on the guys guarding Zach Eadie basically every time down the floor um, because he is just getting the shit kicked out of him. And if they were truly to call that as they should and as would be fair, I think Eadie would be much more able to dominate those smaller teams but as it is, he has to be able to handle taking a beating. And it's not fair and it's not right, but for a player his size and for a player his caliber, uh, he has to be able to handle that kind of beat um, each and every time down the court and be able to continue to put the ball in the basket despite those smaller, quicker guards just absolutely eating the crap out of him. Yeah, absolutely. And for what it's worth, Zach Eadie, um during this last season, only played under 25 minutes twice. Okay, and w- what games were those? Milwaukee. Okay. So the opener against Milwaukee, well, which was a blowout, won by 31 points. Yeah. And Florida A&M, which they won by 33. Yeah, I mean, and those are those are pretty good reasons to have your star player sit, especially when you when you know you're going to need him down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely, and. Oddly enough, there was a game he played 43 minutes against Nebraska. Nebraska when that one went to overtime. Correct. That so, was a wild game. Oh, only scored 11 in that game somehow. But just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's it's going to be, he's going to be that face on the poster of every opposing team. Everyone's going to get the game plan for him even more so this season. So it's going to be, it's going to come down to, you know, Zach and Coach Painter and Coach Brantley to devise a game plan for when that's going to occur. And 
you know, allow him to dominate in new ways. So in a, in a way, it's actually a good thing if he brings some new aspects to the table because people aren't going to game plan for that. If he can mit- develop like a mid-range, no one's going to expect that. Yeah. You don't know how to defend 7-4 on a mid-range. Right, right. So- and, that, and that kind of is a good transition into what, he, what we think he needs to do to improve um, his NBA draft stock. And I think I'm going to let you continue on the mid-range thing because I think that's really one of the most important things NBA scouts uh, really want to see from him. Yeah, I mean, the problem is he he has a size in college, right? So he's clearly always going to be the biggest guy on the court. But when you get to the NBA, you're not always going to be the biggest, or you might be the tallest, but you're not always going to be the biggest guy on the right, court. Right, right. There's going to be guys who are just bigger, stronger, you know, who can push you around even though you are seven foot four. Right, and we all know that Zach Eady dominates between zero and three feet from the basket. And when you get to the NBA, they are not going to allow you to get to that spot. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not going to be able to just kind of camp out down there, push around, throw some elbows, and then he's wide open. It's not going to be that easy. Exactly. So the NBA needs him to develop, or well, he needs to develop a more mid-range shot for the NBA. it's It needs to happen just because of the nature of the NBA. So if he could develop anywhere, but, you know, anywhere outside of the free throw line, if he can develop a jump shot, a jump hook, or something that can fall with even a little bit of consistency, it doesn't have to be a lot. Because, again, he can be so dominant down low but get a defender to think twice about what you're going to do with the ball when you catch and shoot or catch and drive, I think that would be a very key component to his game moving forward. And for the college level, as we said, you're not going to be able to defend that. You're not going to game plan for it. It's something that would be brand new, and it's just it's not his bread and butter that we know of. And you don't game plan for something like that. Right. So I think it can be helpful. But again, if something new, you don't know how good Zach Eadie's going to be at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of the highlights from like the NBA Combine or the Pro Day or workouts where Edie was putting up mid-range shots in. And the form looked good. The release looked mm-hmm. good. And it's one of those, as you said, you know, how do you defend a seven foot four guy doing mid-range? But I mean, just to put it into a finer point... When you're seven foot four and you're maybe shooting from the elbow, the elevation on that shot is just going to be outrageous. I mean, it's going to be basically impossible to block unless you're you have springs on your shoes. Um, so that makes an added um, an added level of difficulty for anybody guarding him. But if you know, we saw those clips of him with no guard, no one guarding him in a controlled environment. The question is, mm-hmm. can he translate that into live game action, shooting and making those baskets? Um, I know I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I think it bears repeating. Uh, Matt Painter had a a big bulky center uh, back in you know the the late the mid to late two thousands, um, Nimini Chalasan, and he was basically given the green light to shoot one three pointer a game, and if he made it, <laughs> he could shoot another. If he missed it. That was it. And it, it was one of those things where he was going to go play overseas. I mean, he had no 
Um, I think supposition that he was going to go and play in the NBA, but he knew if he was going to go back um, to his uh, home country, uh, Serbia, and play uh, pro ball over there, he needed to show that he had a mid-range or further game. And for him, that was three-point shooting. And I think Painter was just like, look, man, you've got a decent shot in practice. You get one. You take it, and if you miss it, that's that's it for the game. If you get it, we'll give you another one. Um, And... He sure enough, he was taking those shots. Um, I don't think it really hurt the team, and I think it probably helped him uh, reach his potential and show those folks over in Serbia that he truly was um, a, a shooter who could take a mid-range or, or greater shot. And I know Painter is going to look out for his guys, so I would expect to see Zach Eady shoot the occasional mid-range shot, but I don't think it's going to be something that takes over his game by any means. Yeah. I I think so too, and uh, just it's just so fun to watch a big man take that, even on on air. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, so anything else about Zach Eady as far as improvements or things that he can work on as we head uh, deep deep into this off season for him? Um, maybe if he can. I mean, we're clearly nitpicking. Yeah, here, we're splitting hairs but... for sure. Yeah, for sure. So the turnovers were a little bit elevated this season, and I think sometimes that's because you guy had a guy who could actually come down and uh, just clog a passing lane that he doesn't really realize. But that's that's about it. I think he had in the realm of two turnovers a game, which you know you can live with. Yeah, especially, especially when, when you're playing those minutes. Production. Yeah. So. I mean, it's that's really, like you said, we're splitting hairs, and that's about all I can think of. So Yeah, it's, me too. It's a good problem to have when you have to split hairs so much to figure out how you improve. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, one other thing that I thought of while you were talking there, and it's not something really that he can control, um, but I hope it's something that somebody else can work on uh, for him. Let's get him some shoes, Nike. <laughs> some shoes that fit yeah yep for sure i mean do we do we ever get a number on the size of his shoes they have before but it's not even i think it was smaller than matt harms even um so i don't oh, really cool. think the size uh was the issue um i mean yeah. obviously it was the size that was the issue but it's not like he had the you know the biggest feet ever recorded or anything like that but yeah. it's so, not unfathomable yeah it's it's wild it's absolutely wild that this guy can't get a good pair of shoes. National Player of the Year. You think Nike mm-hmm. would want their want their paws on him? Um, so, all right, there we go. That is the Zach Eady homework assignment. We're gonna take a break. Come back, and Ryan is gonna regale us with some news about Fresno State and what we can look forward to in Game One of the Purdue football season. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. So, football season just about, I believe, uh, 69 days away as of this recording. So, we mm-hmm. are getting close. Um, Purdue's first game, of course, is against Fresno State. They were the winners uh, of the Mountain West last year. I believe they mm-hmm. uh, won 10 games last year. They won their um, the Mountain West title game over TCU and, you know, did well uh, in a Boise bowl. State. Boise State, sorry. Um, Boise State, thank you for that correction. Um, and then they also uh, won their bowl game. So they're coming in pretty hot. Um, but it's one of those things when you, in this day and age, um, teams can change so much from one year to the next. Um, so, Ryan, can you tell me a little bit more about this Fresno State team? What do we know um, about them just in general? Yeah, I mean, so they actually do come into this season as the third hottest team in the country. They have the third largest winning streak um, active behind, I believe, Georgia and someone else that's at 11. Wow. But um, so they started the season one and four last season and rattled off nine straight wins including, as you mentioned, the Mountain West Championship, where they avenged their early season loss to Boise State, then beat Washington State in the L.A. Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, because brands. Uh, Yeah, I was, when I, so last week with the Saturday roundtable was, um, will Purdue win in week one? And I was like, they were in a bowl game, but I can't remember what it was. And I looked it up, and I was like, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Of course. Of course it was. Yeah, I mean, these bowl names are just absolutely absurd. They mean nothing. And th- speaking of, this is a tangent not related to Fresno State. Did you see Purdue's uh, Cheez-It Bowl no longer exists now? Pop-Tart Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be the Pop-Tart Bowl. There we go. Which, to me, big improvement. Yeah. I, I mean, I, mm. I, I, don't mind, I don't mind a Cheez-It. Cheez-It is okay. Um, you can have some really good cheese. I have a gigantic box of them upstairs because my son likes them. Um, but for me, I would rather have a pop tart ten times out of ten. Yeah, mm. I, I don't know which I'd rather have, but at least now we don't have two bowls with the name cheese. That in is it. true. Yeah, now they're just down to one. Um, so I'm going to continue this tangent just for a second. Uh, right. Ryan, give me top two or top three pop tart flavors. Ooh, okay. 
you got to go with your brown sugar cinnamon. It's a top it's a top notch flavor. There's no getting around it. It, it. it really is. And then for me, I would probably go with some s'mores. Excellent choice. Just an excellent choice. Yeah, I think I'd go with blueberry. Okay, that is that is from left field. I did not expect mm-hmm. that. Did not expect that. Yep. Um I'm trying to think of of the You know the one I love is strawberry milkshake. But you okay. got to put it in the freezer and eat it that mm. way. They even, and I haven't had this one in, in a while because it comes and goes. They originally had it so that when you put it in the freezer, you would know it was cold enough because part of the wrapper turned blue. Almost like it was like a Coors Light that you put in a cooler and you knew it was drinkable when the Rockies turned blue. But okay. it, was, it was frozen enough when the part of the wrapper turned blue. But man, those mm. were delicious when you throw them <laughs> uh, in the freezer. But I, for me, I think I, I might have to stick with your other two flavors. I mean, brown sugar, cinnamon, mm. and s'mores are yeah. just absolutely Classics. great. Just great flavors. Um, another one, if I, if I had to choose a fruit, I would go strawberry, frosted strawberry. Okay. Um, that was always my favorite of those. But, man, mm-hmm. Pop-Tarts, just top-notch, top-notch flavors. See? The strawberry was a little overplayed for me because we'd always, when uh, my mom went shopping, she'd always get the half and half yep, packs. absolutely. And they just can't compare to brown sugar cinnamon. You're not so, wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, and then every once in a while you get blueberry. Um, sh- auto, yeah, honorable mention to uh, pumpkin pie flavor. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah. And that's, that's of course, a seasonal. seasonal flavor, yeah. Um, so. but man, those, the, the flavor wizards at Pop-Tarts are, are really doing some good work. Yep. For sure. Okay. So focus back to Fresno state. Um, yes. so they, they finished the season on quite a win streak, finished the year 10 and mm-hmm. four after winning in the Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl. Um, do we, do we know who, um, big names are returning for them? Big, uh, stat stuffers are returning. Well, It'd be easier to go down the list of departures. Okay, let's do that because then. Because the majority of their offense was a senior or is gone. I love so hearing starting that. starting quarterback, Jake Hayner, who started in 10 of their 14 games, threw for almost 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 3 picks. He graduated. Love it. They're Starting running back in Jordan Mims, who rushed for over 1,300 yards and had 18 touchdowns. He graduated. Their top three wide receivers all graduate. One of which, in Nico Remigio, was their punt returner and their kickoff returner. So they're all gone. Um, Their top tight end is gone. Their leading uh, defensive end uh, graduated. He's gone. He had eleven and a half sacks, whereas the team had thirty. Oh wow! So the next closest after him, his name is David Perales. He uh, next is closest to David was two sacks, and he had eleven and a half. Oh wow! So big loss there. Lots yeah. of big losses across the board for Fresno State. I mean, um, they have depth coming in that are. Uh, seniors and juniors because a lot of these players utilize their COVID year. Yeah. Yeah. I figured there would be a lot of that. Yep. So a lot of that, um, they did have a quarterback start for the four games that Jake Hayner was injured last season. His name is Logan Fife. 
He threw for a little under 900 yards in those four games, two touchdowns, but six interceptions. So, I like those numbers. I like that ratio. Yeah. So, um, they had a couple transfers come in. Um, The UCF quarterback, Mikey Keene. So, he might uh, challenge for quarterback. Um, They had a receiver transfer in who was a starter for three seasons at Boston College, Jalen Gill. He also started his career out at Ohio State. So, you know, he was a top recruit. Right, clearly has some talent there, just maybe has not um, reached it at this point. Right, so... They have some talent coming in, but you just don't know if they can match their output from last season. Defensively, though, uh, Perales is gone. He is now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but majority of their defense is intact, and their defense only allowed um, about 19 points per game last season. That's that's pretty so, good. Right. So majority of their pass rush is gone, but their secondary was really efficient last year. Allowed under 200 passing yards a game. Oh, wow. And only 14 passing touchdowns on the year. And and yeah. they're mostly, you say they're mostly intact in that position? Yes. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Great. So, yeah, they're, they're very experienced. Majority of their leaders are seniors, so they have, I believe... Nine of their returning starters are seniors. Okay. So experience defense against what we hope will be an effective air raid offense. So that should be fun. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you, those numbers worry me a little for that secondary because Purdue, while we, we believe we have a pretty talented wide receiver room and we believe that Hudson Card is going to be a very talented quarterback for us, we've not seen them on the field together. Uh, much of this wide receiver unit is untested in games. And so to have game one go against a secondary that has been pretty good at uh, not allowing, it uh, sounds like, touchdowns or very many receiving yards in general uh, does mm-hmm. worry me a little bit. Yep. So where they do kind of come into this is they they force 18 turnovers last season in 14 games. That's not that so, good. Not yeah, not incredible. They had twelve interceptions and six fumble recoveries. Okay. So, you know, you average a little under a pick a game. It's not awful, but it's workable. And then you factor in they allow over a hundred and fifty rushing yards a game. So if you have a moderate uh offensive line attack, that shouldn't be too too bad. And they're not they they're not providing that many sacks. The, so when the team itself has about 20 sacks on the season, your pass rush is not too effective. So that provides a plus that Hudson Card should have time if his offensive line holds up. Right. That's the, that's the hope. That's the hope. Um, so, you know, they've got the same coaching staff in place at Fresno State. I believe there were no... Um, I mean, they may have a, a, an assistant coach leaving here or there, but the same head coach uh, remains there. So in theory, what they're going to run on offense and what they're going to run on defense should not be that unchanged. So there is right. at least tape out there on them, whereas if you're a guy, um, this Resno State coach, scouting the, the Purdue squad, 
it really is going to be a little bit of a question mark. I mean, you can look at what Ryan Walters ran at Illinois, and you can look at what our offensive coordinator ran um, at his previous job, but there will be tweaks, there will be new wrinkles, so it's not exactly going to be the exact same as what people have seen in the past. Um, so I think that does give Purdue a bit of an advantage in week one um, where you know we can have film and tape on our opponent, but it's going to be a little different um, for Fresno State scouting us. Yeah, for sure. Um, and another kind of glimmer of hope, at least for the defense for Purdue Fresno State allowed 39 sacks last season. Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. So, figure almost three a game. That is that is uh, a pretty leaky offensive line. Yep. So, there, there's cause for hope there. And just offensively, I don't know what sort of firepower they're going to be able to have with all of these new additions. And yeah, right. They're, gonna, they're really doing what Purdue's doing. They're bringing in a bunch of new guys. So when you look at their offense last year, and I don't know if you have this in front of you, um, what kind of split are we looking at, um, you know, passing versus running? Is there any way to, I mean, were they a pass-heavy team, a run-heavy team? What was their kind of bread and butter? Um, I would say mostly it was, it was a pretty even split, and I say that because their running jet back got um, – it, mostly the main guy was Jordan Mims, but there was a little bit on the back end. Their new guy coming in, Malik Sherrod, he's a junior. He had himself almost 500 yards rushing. So between the two of them, almost 1,800 yards rushing. Um, but I want to say they were fairly close to that 50-50 split okay. of doing both. So it's not like... I, I know you see some teams that are just insane with their splits, 70-30. They are not that team. Okay. That's a shame. It would be much easier to prepare for if they were, you know, 70-30, 80-20, something to that effect. So we can expect a pretty balanced offensive attack from Fresno State. Um, but, you know, it for whatever reason, I think both of us feel more optimistic about this game just because... Uh, we really like what Ryan Walters has done this offseason, the pieces he's brought in. Um, you know, we've we lost some pieces we were really hoping um, to have this year, whether via transfer portal um, or grad transfer, whatever it may be. Uh, but I think Walters really has quietly put together a pretty good roster, especially on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. And, you know, it's one of those, whether right or wrong, we do view ourselves as a Big Ten football team and we're playing a right. team from the Mountain West, so we always feel like we should win that game. Um, that maybe is a bit of an outdated thinking at this point, given given how well the Mountain West has done um, in recent history, but it is still how I feel as a Purdue football fan and as a Big Ten football fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I just looked at it. Uh, it's in page two of my notes. Oh, wow. Um, splits, 466 rushing attempts. 473 passing. Yeah, that's that's a pretty dang close to 50-50 right there. Yeah, right, pretty much right down the middle. Wow. So, whew, love to see it. Yeah, see, Ryan, I knew I believed in you. I knew you would have that eventually. I just, you just had to dig a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm, for sure. So, in these two pages of notes, is there anything you think we need to highlight that we didn't get to that I didn't ask you about? Ooh, um... 
I just, while you're looking for that, I want to point out that their football coach's name is Jeff Tedford, which is, which is just fun, you know, <laughs> Tedford. Um, so let's see any, it, while, while I stalled for you there, um, I'll say one more thing. One, one flavor of pop tart. I forgot to mention chocolate chip. That is a very good pop tart right there. It's got okay. the kind of swirl icing on top. It looks kind of naked a little bit, but still a very good pop tart. Okay. Oh, yes. Here, this is the section I need. Special teams. Okay. Yeah. So, they had a decent field goal kicker. I mean, field goals, they went 18 and 26. So, that's that's not bad. Yeah, it could be worse. You're a little under 75%. For college, that's not. So, definitely uh, could be better. Definitely could be worse. Um, they do punt. They average about. You know, uh, they have 52 punts on the season, so four a game. That's pretty in, pretty good, actually. Um, they're averaging 42 yards a punt. That's pretty good. So they could be a Big Ten contender in the punt <laughs> game. Put them up against Iowa. We'll see how they do. Nope. No one, no one can out-punt <laughs> Iowa. Um, speaking of tangents... Have you seen the tweet? The Culvers? The Culvers, <laughs> yes. Okay, explain that for those who are not terminally on Twitter. Right. So they did They did their science, and they took from each school how many punts it would take to get to the closest Culvers by yardage. And I believe um, the East Coast teams had the largest uh, punch to go. Because there's just no Culver's on the East Coast. Right. Oh, trust me. As someone who lives on the East Coast, I know. And it's very annoying. Because <laughs> Culver's, Culver's quite... Well, the Butterburgers are good. But for me, it's the Concretes. Okay. Yep. Those are just yep. so good. <laughs> and this is this is so. from the Sickos Committee on Twitter. And I pulled it up. Um, for Purdue, it would take an average of 88.2 punts uh, to get to the nearest Culver's. The winner, of course, as we're talking about punting, is Iowa. It would take just 28.4 punts. And this is based on their punting numbers? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was an average punting number or each school's individual. So here's what it says. We looked at the schools of the Big Ten, found the distance from the stadiums to the nearest Culver's, and found how many of their average punts they would need to get there. Iowa is the most Big Ten school, as always. <laughs> yeah, for Rutgers, Fantastic. for Rutgers, it would take fourteen thousand six hundred and forty-one punts. So about three games for Rutgers. Okay. <laughs> Got him, savage. Oh boy, those poor guys. I mean, Nebraska's close to a Rutgers. Yeah, I they mean, included the uh, the California schools in that too, right? Yep. Uh, USC was fifteen uh, with nine thousand seven hundred twelve point punts. And then UCLA is 8,742. Maryland, which is where I am, was 14th, 8,877 punts. A lot of punts. It's a lot of punts. Makes Uh, me sad. Makes me sad. Where is the nearest Culver's to the California schools? I mean, it's got to be in the Midwest. I don't even know. So I'm looking at the closest Culver's to me. It appears Mm -hmm. to be in... North Carolina, so it, it says 281 miles uh, from me. Okay. 
So, See, this is the homework I should have done. Yeah, I don't know why you weren't on this. Um, wow. But, man, uh, that's a lot of a lot of punts and, sadly, far away from a Culver's. But uh, maybe, maybe we can have that on the next episode. So, uh, Ryan, anything else on Fresno State before we close the door? Um, they were one of one on onside kicks. Well, there you go. Uh, hopefully they don't kick one against Purdue because that means either they've tried to trick us at the beginning of a game or a half, or it's the end of a game and they're trying to uh, mount a furious comeback. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope we, we put them away far enough that no onside kick can help. Yeah, just intimidate them with the new student section. That's right, that's right. I'm really excited to see how that all looks. But, Ryan, thank you so much for doing your homework on this one. I feel like we know Fresno State a lot better now. Um, and, uh, just a reminder, we're going to keep doing this for the next, uh, few episodes of the pod. So next week, again, we're going to look at a basketball player and a football game. And, uh, Ryan and I will probably be recording that one midweek, uh, to be released on Monday because I am traveling for the 4th of July holiday, but because of the power of technology, you will never notice a difference. So, uh, for Ryan and myself, thanks so much for joining us. Boiler up. For now.